general practice is fast-paced and constantly changing. Demands from patients and stakeholders are ever-increasing, as is the need to be constantly in touch with them. And this year has shown how more than ever we need to be able to constantly share messages and information on a frequent basis to everyone. Meeting this huge challenge is massive, but the benefits for a practice and its patients can be considerable. Social media offers the solution, but has general practice really embraced and used it to its full advantage? Common concerns can be, what do I use? Twitter? Facebook? Instagram? It will just give a platform for negative comments and will end up spending hours replying to the messages. If you want to start realising the benefits of social media, then you need to answer these questions and build a plan that works for your practice. I asked marketing consultant Chris Rogers to share some advice on how to do this. Are you providing the leadership in your practice? Maybe you found out what a complicated and difficult role this can be. I'm Gary Hughes and this is the Leadership in Practice podcast where I'll be helping you manage some of the challenges all leaders face. I'll be giving you ideas and tools and helping you understand how you can be a better leader of your practice. Hello, and thank you for that introduction, Gary. It's great to be here on the podcast. There are, of course, many benefits to a practice being on social media and using digital marketing techniques in general. Maybe you want to grow your list, promote an extended or enhanced service, highlight a health campaign that helps reduce your workload, or reach a particular demographic. There are so many possibilities. But all those questions Gary raised about which social networks you should use, Will it just be a platform for negative comments? How much time will I have to spend on it? Or how much time will I lose to it? Are all perfectly understandable and of course make you think twice about getting involved. But most of these questions are quite tactical or practical elements of social media. And based on my own experience, I'd say that these things are never usually as bad as you think they might be. Unless there really is an issue at your practice, in which case your energy should be spent on fixing that negative comments will be few and far between. My own social media journey has taught me that it's difficult to put yourself out there and that there is a bit of a fear to get over, but I can assure you most of your concerns are only in your head. I've not yet experienced any negativity and have only seen the benefits of actively contributing to social networks. You can also set and manage expectations around when you'll be online and when you reply to messages. Whether this is in your bio or in a pinned post, you can let people know how you'll be managing your profile. This will then help you set time aside in your calendar or your diary and ensure it doesn't become a time suck or a burden. In a similar way, you can let people know what you will and won't do on social media. You can direct people to the phone or online booking system for appointments or signpost people to the official complaints process so you can manage them appropriately. It might take a little bit of time at the start to train your followers, but these are simple, effective examples of how you can make it work for you. There are some great resources that I'll mention at the end of the podcast to help you with lots of these specific questions. But if there's one thing I would say, is that it all comes down to the planning. With a good plan behind you, where you know the who, what, where, why, when and how of your social media and digital marketing, you'll have a lot more confidence to use it. And I'd like to share something with you today to help you do that. 
and that's where the race model comes in. Race was designed to help organisations deliver a digital marketing communications plan that helps you reach and engage your online audience and prompt them into taking an action. As you probably guessed, it's an acronym which stands for REACH, ACT, CONVERT and ENGAGE. Okay, first up is REACH. This is asking you to think about building awareness and visibility of your brand, your messages and your services. And you do have a brand, by the way, even if you don't think of it as much more than your reputation right now. So this step is about communicating with your audience. To maximise your reach, there are a few practical things you should consider. Namely, how you will communicate with your audience and when. It's a good idea to have a visual timeline, calendar or Gantt charts to help you plan and track your schedule. If you're just using social media, there are scheduling tools out there that I'll link to at the end. But previously, I've just used a simple Gantt chart project plan template from Excel or Google Sheets and just replaced the tasks with a list of my commerce channels, such as email, social media, digital screens in your reception, and you can also include your offline marketing, like leaflets in the front desk, for example. The next thing to think about is how many times you'll repeat your message. In marketing and PR, we talk about a metric called opportunity to see or opportunity to hear, which is about how many times your target audience will come across your marketing message. Try and aim for at least four opportunities. So perhaps you'll email, post on social, write on your website and display on your screens, for example. As I've just sort of touched on, using multiple ways of communicating your message is ideal. Research has shown that following a multi-channel approach is more effective at getting a message across than just using one. But be careful to avoid overwhelm or bombarding your audience. Too much would be annoying and lead to less engagement, unsubscribes and unfollows. Lastly, if you're running a longer term campaign, it's important to not repeat the exact same message with the exact same words and the exact same image over and over again. Your audience will soon get bored of seeing it and become blind to the messages, giving them no value. So try and mix things up a bit to keep them fresh. If you can answer all those questions and address those points, you'll have made a great start to your digital marketing planning. The next part of race is act. Although it's a little misleading, the next step is actually interact. But I think they decided that rice doesn't sound quite as dynamic as race. This part of the framework is about encouraging your audience to interact with you and your content and your messaging. So here we're talking about the likes, comments and shares. So think about the types of content that you can use to encourage that interaction. Maybe it's an infographic or a quick health quiz that helps pique people's interest. Maybe it's pulling on the heartstrings and it's about encouraging your parent to quit smoking or to take that health assessment. Or maybe it's in a different language to attract a particular community in your location. The opportunities are endless and it all starts with knowing your audience and then testing and experimenting with different content types and then tracking your results. There are lots of different ways you can track results. If you use an email CRM, you'll be able to track the number of opens and clicks and many of the social media platforms have analytics or insights for your pages. So this is relatively easy to keep track of. But bear in mind that Unfortunately, it's unlikely that you'll have instant overnight success, so don't be disheartened. It takes time to find what really resonates with your audience. But my overall advice would be to have a variety of different content types to appeal to a wider range of people. Okay, next up is C for convert. In many cases, you'll probably want your audience to do something. In marketing, we call this the call to action. 
whether it's a simple like, share or comment, or a bigger ask like booking an appointment for a vaccination, or even not coming to see you and seeing a pharmacist instead, for example. You have to be really clear about what it is you're asking someone to do. On an email or a web page, for example, that means trying to remove as many of the distractions as you can and only asking for one, maybe two things from the reader. You may have noticed that a lot of businesses are using landing pages instead of their normal web page layout for key pages like newsletter signups or sales pages. Menus are gone, footer links are removed. The only thing you can really do is fill in that form or buy the product. Follow their lead and have simple landing pages with a clear action when you're driving traffic to the site. You can apply the same principles to your social media posts and emails. Ask for what you want, one thing at a time, and you'll start to see it happen more often. Don't be too heavy-handed though, and it's advisable to not make every single post, email or whatever something that demands an action, as your audience will soon tire and think of you as high maintenance. Mix it up with informational type posts and you'll have really interesting communications. Last up is E for engage. This step is all about encouraging customer advocacy or making your patients your biggest fans. And this is done offline as much as it is online. It's developing a long-term relationship with your patients and community, giving them a great experience for want of a better phrase. So that's for your customer service. So a fast and efficient appointment booking system, friendly staff, great patient care, helping the community, sharing good information and content, all those types of things that I'm sure you're already doing or aspiring to improve. If they have a great experience with you, then they'll soon be advocating and promoting you as the best practice in the area. And you can reinforce this through your communications too. Perhaps you follow up with a text message that includes a link to leave a review. Or if it's a campaign to see patients from a particular demographic, for example, encourage them to refer a friend somehow. And that's it. This is how you can use digital marketing to help meet your practices objectives using the race model. Make a plan that follows this framework and you can have confidence in your approach, which, as I said earlier, is often half the battle. Any marketing experts out there might have noticed that these steps uh, steps mirror what we call the customer journey, as by following this process, you can take someone from not knowing you and first finding out about you, to learning more about you through content, to taking an action and finally becoming an advocate. These customer journey models have worked for all types of businesses and organisations of all shapes and sizes, so I'm confident it will work for you too. For a full transcript of this episode, links to more information about the race model and how to use it, a list of the tools and resources I've mentioned throughout, as well as some expert insight from other social media experts in general practice, go to privatepracticesurgery.co.uk slash lip. Thanks for having me. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this Leadership in Practice podcast. You can find even more ideas and tools to help you improve your leadership in my book, Leadership in Practice, and my blogs posted on LinkedIn. If you'd like help with a leadership challenge, contact me at gary at leadershipinpractice.co.uk, connect with me on LinkedIn, or head on over to www.leadershipinpractice.co.uk. It'll be great to connect with you. If you want to be a regular listener to the show, the easiest way is to subscribe on iTunes.